It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to preview game four between the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to see what to watch for in this game, the keys to the game, the bet of the game, and who's going to make the most threes for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's a very important game four. In a 2-1 series from here on out for both teams, every game is important. And we're going to get into all of that in just one second. But I do want to start with the overview of this series. Of course, Houston is up 2-1, as we mentioned. As of right now, as of the time I'm recording this podcast, there is no news on Russell Westbrook. By the time you're listening to this, there probably will be news on Russell Westbrook. I would imagine he will not play on Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock on TNT. Uh, But that's just a guess right now. There's no hard there's no hard information on what Russell Westbrook will do. I would imagine he does not play in Game 3 on Monday afternoon again on TNT. And then Game 5, since it's now necessary, has been set. Game 5 will be on Wednesday at 5.30 on TNT as well. So you're going to get another evening game in this series on Wednesday for Game 5. Hopefully the Thunder win today and they end up forcing a game six and we'll have another game in this series uh, that continues on past that and will be in the evening Uh, but you know really let's just get into what to watch for in this game because this is the most important game of the series they're all important from here on out and Billy Donovan to me is the biggest thing to watch for and I talked about this on the post game show on on Saturday you know I, I really don't care about his postseason track record. I don't care about his postseason failures. I don't care about his postseason successes. I don't care about anything regarding the postseason when it comes to evaluating if he should be the coach next year or the year after that. Because to me, you're planning on losing these next two years anyway, so you won't be in the playoffs. But is he a good developer of young talent? And I think he is. I think he's proven that at college. I think he's proven that in the NBA. He can develop young talent. So that's what's important to me. However... 
I've always been on the camps, and since May, since I've taken over this podcast, of this Thunder team is no longer a Cinderella story. This Thunder team uh, has proven since Thanksgiving that they're one of the best teams in the NBA. So this season is about competing. This season is your last chance of, of having meaningful basketball with Oklahoma City on the jersey for at least two or three years. So treating it as such, Billy Donovan, is something that you have to watch for because what is he going to do? We've been screaming. On, on this podcast, I've had three different previews about this series. Four, really, because I started previewing it uh, last, you know, the last Thursday before the seeding games were even over. So on every preview with Jackson Gatlin, with Andrew Schlecht of The Athletic, with Madison Morris of 107 of the Franchise, with Olivia Panchal and, and Brendan Redbar of Daily Thunder, with everyone, the consensus has been this Thunder team has to go small. This Thunder team has to play small and run with the Houston Rockets. Not jack up threes with the Houston Rockets, but run with the Houston Rockets. That's been the consensus this entire time. And for the first time, you saw that yesterday. You saw that late in the game yesterday and it worked to perfection. It worked just the way that everyone said it was going to work. So is Billy Donovan going to commit to going small? There's mixed reports about if Steven Adams was available or not in that game. During the game, Thunder PR sent out a tweet to us that you know he was out, and uh, Michaela Andrews re- relayed the same message on ESPN. After the game, Billy Donovan said, no, he was available. I just did not want to play him. So who knows which it is? Who knows if that's Billy Donovan winning credit? Who knows what it is? Uh, but... The bottom line is Adams cannot play in this series, and what I mean by that is that you don't bench him for you know and have him play zero minutes. He's one of your NBA players. There's only so many NBA players on this roster, so you have to play him. But he cannot take up the minutes he took up the last three games. He he just cannot play the bulk of your minutes. I'm fine with him being in the starting lineup because he's a veteran. Uh, he's a, he's a presence in that way. I'm fine with him playing about 20 minutes a game, maybe a little bit more than that, but about 20 minutes somewhere in that ballpark. And he's off the floor when it's time to close the game out. He's off the floor when it's time to win the ball game. You have to go smaller when it's time to win. Because you, what you cannot do is what Adams does. And what Adams does on the floor, uh, he yesterday he shot inefficiently against 6'5 big men. So he wasn't even great down low. He had three turnovers. He couldn't get offensive rebounds. He couldn't out-rebound the Rockets. He, he, he didn't provide anything defensively. He gave up wide open threes to Jeff Green and things like that. You can't give up open threes. He didn't protect the rim either. So he was second no man's land of not doing anything well defensively. You just cannot play Steven Adams a bulk of your minutes. Now, again, he's going to need to start. He's going to need to play 20 minutes. That's fine. But Adams and Noel are not the ones you need to look to for this team. Adams and Noel are not the ones that need to carry the load for you down low. You do not need to play a traditional center against Houston. And it goes back to what I said in the previews. Don't get caught up in this whole, okay, Adams and Noel are bigger physically uh, and taller than the Rockets players. Therefore, they should automatically dominate down low. No, look at the numbers. Look at what they've done on tape. These Rockets players, although they're a lot shorter, are some of the best post defenders in the NBA. And it sounds crazy. It sounds like something that shouldn't be, but that's just the facts of the matter. They're some of the best down low defenders in the NBA, despite their height despite the mismatch that it looks like on TV. They play some incredible defense by using their leverage with their bodies and forcing you out and, and, and sending double teams and forcing you to try to kick it out to someone like Lou Dort or, or, or Dennis Schroeder to shoot a three, and they can't do it. So 
The bottom line is you just cannot play Steven Adams for a bulk of minutes. Again, he's one of your only NBA players on this roster who truly belong in the NBA, who, who even belong remotely close to a playoff floor. So he's got to play some minutes, but he cannot play the bulk of your minutes. He, he just can't. He, you, you cannot do that anymore. And if, you, if Billy Donovan continues, continues to do that, this series is over. So then what is the answer? If it's not Steven Adams, what should the Thunder do? The number one thing the Thunder should do to me is play Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley needs more minutes for a multitude of reasons. Uh, first of which being he's earned more minutes. This is not just a, uh, you know, this is not just a participation trophy and trying to get minutes for your young guy. He has proven at every moment he's been in the postseason, at every moment you've put him in against the Rockets, he's proven he can do it. He's stayed in front of James Harden without fouling. He has played tremendously offensively. He's gotten you rebounds that are huge. He's been able to fill the lanes correctly. He's been able to hit some threes. He's done everything right on the floor, which is what I've talked about all, all, all this entire podcast long, you know, since May, about how Darius Baisley, while he doesn't have the guiding numbers, he's one rookie that knows what he's doing. He understands the game of basketball. He does everything right. He makes the right basketball decision. He not only does that, he's played incredibly well in this series, and you're not giving him enough minutes. He needs to be playing all of those Nerlens Noel minutes. Nerlens Noel adds you nothing on that floor. He is like what he's what Adams does, only ten times worse. Nerlens Noel can play maybe five minutes a game, but Darius Baisley is beginning a ton. And I think all of those minutes down low for Darius Baisley whenever Adams is not on the floor. Uh, and you can even throw in Mike Muscala a little bit because I think that I think that as long as James Harden is not on the floor, uh, because Mike Muscala getting switched on to James Harden is a disaster, although so is Adams and so is Noel. But I, I think that whenever Harden's on the floor, you can play Muscala and, and have just another space creator and have another shooter on the floor. I think Muscala should get more minutes in this series. Uh, I just don't. I just don't understand why Billy Donovan is so stubborn with, you know, beating his head against a wall with Stephen Adams and Nerlens Noel. Again, Stephen Adams needs to play some. So I think that some people. Uh, maybe heard what I said on Saturday and took it as play him zero minutes and just deactivate him. No, uh, you've got to play him some. He's an NBA player, one of, one of your few on this roster, but he cannot play the majority of your minutes. He's got to play around that 20-minute mark. That's as, that's as effective as he can be, is that 20-minute mark. They got more offensive rebounds with him off the floor than they did with him on the floor. And there's many reasons for that. One reason is that just Stephen Adams is just beat up. His body is beat up. You've got to look at him, uh, and I know what his age says, but you've got to look at him from a basketball standpoint, from his basketball age. He's been beaten to the ground his entire career since his rookie season. His body is not holding up, and that's just that's just sad. It's just sad to look at that and see his body's not holding up for him. But that's the bottom line. So to me, it what to watch for the biggest thing is Billy Donovan, and is if, is he going to go small or is he going to stay stubborn and he's going to play Stephen Adams? That's my biggest thing. And will he get Darius Baisley involved? Because not only has Baisley proven he deserves these minutes, he's also proven uh, that he can play with Houston, and he is one of the only guys who you truly care about their future. You truly care about developing and growing on this roster. There's three guys on this roster that you know are going to be here the next time you want to contend, and I mean truly contend for a championship, not just go to the postseason. And that's Shea, that's Stewart, and that's Baisley. And Baisley needs more minutes in this postseason. And he's earned it. He has truly earned it. This is not a participation trophy for a young guy who you want to develop. This is this is him truly taking advantage of his minutes out there, and he needs to be rewarded with even more minutes. But also, you need to reward yourself uh, and take away your aches and pains by going to cbdmd.com. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or a stay-at-home parent or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. 
Luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze is a menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joint pains and a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recovery combines CBD and inflammation-fighting compounds like arsenic and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And make it even easier to try these amazing uh, products and everything else that CBDMD has to offer. They're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from cbdmd.com. That's 25% off when you use promo code NBA at cbdmd.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the number two thing to watch for for me is is Lou Dort. And, and Lou Dort is the most fun player to watch on this team, which is just insane. I mean, think about how good Lou Dort has to be defensively for literally everyone to notice. Because defense, defense is something that, you know, you look at and a lot of people can't tell when someone's being good or bad defensively. I think they just can't. They're, you've got to dig into the numbers. You've got to dig into the events metrics, and you've got to see the impact they're having on defense that way. With Lou Dort, if you've even remotely seen one basketball game in your life, you can sit back on your couch, you can turn the game on, you can see, okay, that guy, that guy is special defensively. So Lou Dort is fun to watch just for that, and that's one of the biggest things to watch for, just because he's an elite defender and he's shutting down James Harden, and he's making James Harden's life difficult, and he's frustrating the hell out of James Harden. So that's that's a great thing to watch for. But also, Lou Dort has to match Harden's minutes. If I'm Billy Donovan, you've got to play whenever whenever James Harden goes to the bench, Lou Dort goes to the bench. Whenever James Harden checks in, Lou Dort checks in. You've got to do that with those two guys. You have to contain James Harden, and that's the best way to do it. And I, I just want to spend this time talking about Lou Dort being so great because I really think that we're going to look back at this, and it would have been amplified had the Thunder continued to win during this length of this contract, which I don't think they're going to do. I don't think that they're going to win a lot during this contract for Lou Dort, but it is one of the biggest bargains in the NBA. And I understand why it got signed. You want security if you're Lou Dort for an undrafted guy who should have gone in the first round, and, and they threw you pretty comparable first-round money a little bit uh, without, of course, the, the the security and the guarantees you get as a first-rounder. Uh, you know, they, they kind of compared it to a late first-rounder. Uh, the contract, though, I think that it's going to be a bargain. I think that it's going to be something that if this team was going to win, start winning right now, uh, you'd look back on it on it like the Scottie Pippen deal. Where it's just like, how did the Thunder get away with paying him such little money? Uh, because Lou Dort is that good as a defender in year one. Again, it's not only his rookie year. He couldn't practice with the team until he got to Orlando because he was on a two-way contract. And you don't want to waste a day of his two-way contract uh, you know, with a practice day. So he wasn't even practicing defensively with this team. And he's shutting down James Harden consistently. Every time he's played James Harden, he has shut him down, and he has frustrated the hell out of him. He's doing that as a rookie. He seems to be the only guy, uh, the only defender on James Harden who can understand that, you know, how not to foul him, how to jump to the side of James Harden and not land in front of him to let him flop and, and, and draw a foul, or to reach your arms up 
to contest. And once that ball is released, throw, literally throw your arms behind your back. Watch him do that. He does that multiple times. He'll jump up to contest a shot, and as soon as the ball leaves the fingertips of James Harden, Lou Dort pulls his own hands down behind his back to ensure James Harden cannot hook his own arm around Lou Dort and draw a foul that way by being just a, a cheap and just unfun player that James Harden is. So watching Lou Dort is going to be incredible. It always is going to be. Uh, but again, I need to watch that matchup of them matching minutes. Lou Dort should be on the floor for each and every minute that James Harden is on that floor. He just, he just has to be. He has to be. These games are must-win for Oklahoma City. You have to have Lou Dort guarding James Harden each and every time that James Harden steps on that floor. Another thing to watch for for me is Chris Paul. Can he be the end-of-game Chris Paul? Is this going to build momentum? Is what we saw yesterday going to build momentum? Is what we saw on, on, on Saturday going to build momentum? Because Chris Paul made no bones about it. He's played terrible this series. Up until about that second half against Houston uh, on Saturday, he's played terrible in this series. And things start, start to turn around for him in that fourth quarter and in overtime. And here's another thing about the, the offense in overtime. I get James Harden wasn't out there, and so that, that makes the 11-0 run, uh, the O part of that run, look less impressive. But James Harden's a turnstile defensively. I mean, he was not going to stop this offense. The difference in, in this offense not going on, on, on an 11-point scoring streak was not James Harden. Now, the difference in them holding them to an 11-0 run and holding them to no points, that might be due to the fact there was no James Harden. But the Thunder offense working and scoring and creating space and, and creating open shots, that was not due to no James Harden. James Harden's a terrible defender. So Chris Paul kind of found his rhythm offensively late in that game. You saw him with the step back three. You saw him with some, some tough mid-range shots. He kind of found his groove offensively late in that game. Is that going to carry over into Monday afternoon? Is that going to carry over into today's game? I really want to see if, Jane, if Chris Paul can snap out of it, if Chris Paul can put together a full game. Because if he can play a full game of good basketball and you tie this series up, it opens up a whole new world for you. Because... We can talk about the Russell Westbrook factor whenever it does happen. I think him coming back actually hurts the Rockets. I really do. It's not a Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless take. I think that we've seen in Oklahoma City more than anyone that when Russell Westbrook plays in the playoffs, he gets more emotional. And when he gets more emotional, it's not always a good thing. You saw what happened with Ricky Rubio. You saw what happened with Damian Lillard. And Chris Paul is one of the most annoying and, and, and adversary and, ad, and, ad, and adaptational players in the NBA. You don't think that he can get under the skin of Russell Westbrook while playing for Russell Westbrook's old team? You don't think that that can happen whenever Ricky Rubio threw Russell Westbrook off his game? So I think that Russell Westbrook takes a shooter off the floor and he creates more turnovers and he creates more bad basketball in the postseason for the Rockets. So you win on Monday and all of a sudden you go from down 0-2 to 2-2 and the pressure's on Houston, it opens up a whole new door for you in this series. And it's going to take Chris Paul, though, being the Chris Paul we know and love for a full game from start to finish, from tip-off to the final buzzer, Chris Paul has to be very, very, very good. It's also going to take Dennis Schroeder to stop jacking up threes. He's just got to pump the brakes on the threes. He loves pump faking. You saw him pump fake 15 different threes in that game and in this series every single game. He loves pump faking, so pump the brakes on shooting threes. Ten threes yesterday from Dennis Schroeder. I cannot think of one where I look, where I sat back and said, "Okay, that's a good shot. That's a good. That, that's a good. That's a good shot right there. That was within the flow of the offense. That shot made sense." 
He was awesome last night whenever he was driving because that's his bread and butter. He was great driving to the rim. Do that. Don't jack up 10 threes, about eight of them contested. About seven of them Seven of them were early in the shot clock. Don't, don't do that. What are you doing? You just cannot jack up 10 threes if you're Dennis Schroeder. That's gonna, that, that just is going to make you lose hair in this series. You've got to play your style of basketball, and your style of basketball is not jacking up threes. Your style of basketball is not ISO. We've seen what ISO Dennis can do. We saw it the last year you know, in the postseason. It's not good. Dennis needs to play the way he played late in that game where you're, you're having your motion offense, where you're driving to the rim, where you're not shooting threes. And again, if you notice that a lot of these positive things were happening late in this game, can that momentum in general carry over? Can that momentum ride out into game four, into game five, and into the rest of the series? Because uh, down 2-0, it didn't feel good. Heck, even winning that game yesterday did not feel good. You know, that game on Saturday didn't feel good for 99% of it until the final buzzer sounded and you were you were on the winning side for once. Can you have a game that feels good? Can you have a game in which you beat Houston and doesn't feel like Houston beat themselves? I really want to see if Dennis can do that and limit his threes, if Chris Paul can put together a full game, and can Oklahoma City put that pressure back on Houston? Again, this series is totally different if it's 2-2. If it's 3-1, it's over. That's why this game, to me, is, is very important. This game, to me, can decide this series. If Houston goes up 3-0, it's over. If Oklahoma City goes up 2-2, Houston starts pressing a little bit, the role players get nervous, Russell Westbrook comes back and, and, and plays literally outside of himself, the way he did against Ricky Rubio, the way he did against Damian Lillard, the way he's done in his whole postseason career for the most part, and he plays outside of himself, he does too much, and he creates turnovers. And then you have Mike D'Antoni on the sidelines feeling the pressure, feeling the outside noise of supposedly being on the hot seat. And the role players cool off. The shots aren't falling. You have Shea growing confidence in his second year, his second postseason. You have Chris Paul growing confidence and, and being that annoying player we all know he can be. Again, that's not a shot at Chris Paul. It's a good tactic to be annoying and to, and to frustrate your opponents. He is one of the most annoying players whenever he's on your team. We've saw, we saw that firsthand on every team he's been on, with those, those postseason battles with, with the Clippers. We saw it last year with, with the Rockets. He's been an annoying player on every team he's been on, so he's going to annoy the hell out of Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook will try to do too much. You don't think if Shea goes off again for another 30-point effort, you know, on Game 4 or Game 5, and the talk keeps growing about how this is Shea's team, this is Shea's franchise now, this is Shea's you know, future here in Oklahoma City, that Russell Westbrook won't try to go at Shea and try to do too much against Shea because he wants to prove it's not your time yet, this is still my organization even though I'm in, even though I'm in Houston. You haven't earned anything yet in Oklahoma City. Listen, Ricky Rubio got him out of his element, Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul, Shea, Dort, they can do that. They can do that easily. And again, the biggest part of that would be taking a shooter off the floor for Houston. I am perfectly fine with the half-ass contest if it's contesting Russell Westbrook instead of Jeff Green or Ben McLemore. Perfectly fine with that. So Russell Westbrook, at every turn, provides a negative, in my opinion, for Houston. And with that quad injury, how much and how effective can he be when he's driving at the rim, which is his best asset? But I'll tell you what is effective. 
And that is by going to BuiltBar.com because they have these protein bars that taste just like a candy bar. They're the most effective snack you can have because to me, they're very filling. You can use them pre-workout, post-workout, and you can even use them as a meal replacement. It's so perfect. It, it literally does fill you up. Uh, for the, If you have it for breakfast, you won't be hungry again until like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's just perfect. Built Bars are fantastic. And they have these 18 amazing new flavors from caramel brownie to cookies and cream to cherry barcia to lemon almond cheesecake to carrot cake and apple almond crisp, as well as their 12 original flavors. My favorite being the banana nut bread, which I've talked about a ton on this very podcast. The banana nut bread is to die for. They're sending us the new flavors right now in the mail, uh, which is a whole other discussion. But the cookies and cream, I think, has a chance to knock off the banana nut bread, in my opinion. Uh, they're great for trying to lose weight, to maintain weight, to do whatever you want to do if you're health conscious right now. And they're low in calorie, low in, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They're great for the keto diet. This is exactly the protein bar for you with 100% chocolate on the outside. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off that next order when, again, you use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And with every purchase, while supplies last, you're going to get a free cooler with that purchase. So how about that? Take yourself a cooler and some Built Bars. It'll be a fantastic day, a fantastic get for you at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $10 off your next order. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So we look now at the keys to the game, and we've kind of addressed most of this, but my number one key to the game is Chris Paul being Chris Paul from quarter one to quarter four. He's got to be your leader. He's got to be your offensive leader, your defensive leader, uh, in the sense of you know leadership, and, and on offense, he's going to be your production leader. He's got to produce for you offensively and really help this offense smooth out and stop being so staggered. I mean, the Thunder did not get the double digits in that first quarter, until like the four-minute mark in the quarter. I mean, it was just atrocious offensively. You've got to figure out how to snap out of that from start to finish for Oklahoma City, and Chris Paul is going to help do that. He's got to help do that from quarter one to quarter four. And we talked about momentum. Chris Paul had a great second half in this game. Can that carry over to game four? That was the first time he's really had a great anything offensively for Chris Paul, and it happened in the second half of last game. Can he continue that streak? Can he build on that? for this upcoming game. Oklahoma City now has proven you that, that they can play with Houston. They can hang in there with Houston. That They've proven to everyone that that they can win this series, but it's going to take winning this game. This is the most important game they're going to play. You've got to tie this series back up and make it a whole new series. So can Chris Paul do that? Can Chris Paul snap out of it and from start to finish be the Chris Paul he's been this season that has gotten him in the MVP conversation? Oklahoma City has to go smaller. That's key number two. You have to have a lineup out there that you, you saw late in that game of your three guards, so Shea, Paul, uh, Schroeder, Dort, and Gallinari. You have to have that lineup out there for a lot longer. You can throw Baisley in there as well if Gallinari gets tired. You have to have a lineup out there that is small and that can spread the floor and that can open up lanes because Lou Dort set an amazing screen. You know, in that offensive possession in overtime. He is a good screen setter because he's built like a tank 
and and he knows and he understands basketball. He's a great screen setter, just like Stephen Adams is. So he can set screens and open up lanes for you without having a big man like Stephen Adams clogging the middle. You've got to go small. There's so many benefits to going small. You have to go small against this team. You've got to match them. You've got to match their intensity. You've got to match their effort. You've got to match their size. You've got to match their uh, you know, pace, again, not jacking up threes, but just running up and down the floor and, and going to the basket. You've got to do that. You've got to match them in transition. You've got to up the, up the tempo, which is key number three. Up the tempo. On both sides, really, there was some inexcusable bad transition defense. You've got to up the tempo on both sides. You've got to start running up and down this floor. It's going to be a track meet because if you tire them out, you don't have a lot of, a lot of depth on that team. So run the floor. Run up tempo. Let's go. And I've been pounding the desk for, for upping the tempo since two for two weeks now. For two weeks now, I've been saying, the Thunder need to up the tempo. And after every game, Billy Donovan, Chris Paul, all the Thunder players have said, yeah, we got to up the tempo. And then when the game starts, they let the tempo slow down to a crawl and their offensive possessions end with four seconds left on the, on the shot clock. They need to go faster. The bet of the game as of right now, it's Houston minus three and a half. Sadly... I'm taking Houston to cover. Again, this is a must-win game for Oklahoma City. They have to win this game, but they've burned me a lot in the bets, and also I bet on Houston to win uh, the last game, and, and Oklahoma City won, so let's just keep that streak alive. Let's do everything right, and let's bet Houston again, and then Oklahoma City will win again, and we'll be all happy, and I'll just lose another bet. So I've got Houston minus 3.5. Uh, the Thunder Moneyball bet of the game, which is who's going to make the most three-pointers in this game, I'm going to go Chris Paul. I'm going to go Chris Paul lights it on fire and has a fantastic game from downtown. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I will not be able to watch most of this game live. I'll have it recorded. I'll be able to, to watch it uh, with, you know, by skipping commercials, commercials and things like that and have the post game pot up pretty quickly. Uh, but I do, since in the afternoon, I do have a meeting uh, to go to for my sports information job. So the tweets will be few and far between on Twitter tomorrow, but we're live tweeting every other game. And you'll you'll get my reaction on Twitter whenever I'm watching the game on tape delay. Uh, but, uh, you know, so that this game being at three really sucks for most people. It sucks for me this time. Uh, but usually I'm just lucky that, you know, I, I've gone on this, this company with David Locke where I get paid to, to watch basketball and this is my job. Uh, but sadly, my other job is also really fun uh, as a sports information assistant. So I've got to go handle some business up there at the university. But you can check out a post-game pod quickly after the game again i just need to get home from that meeting watch the game and then i can give you all my thoughts on a pivotal pivotal game four for the oklahoma city thunder must win we've said it before this is a must win game if they lose it they'll shift in to stave off elimination territory if they win it you're back in a tied series and you just kind of restart this whole process so this is a must win game for oklahoma city i think they can do it i'm still betting houston minus three and a half because i've just been burned so many times by, by oklahoma city whenever i bet on them but I think they can do it. I really do. I understand that it doesn't feel good the way we got here. The 2-1 series does not feel as good as we thought it was going to feel. You didn't expect this team to get blown out twice. You didn't expect this team to be so frustrating to watch. But they got here. They got here to 2-1. They found some things that worked late in that game on Saturday. Can they carry that over into Monday? Can they carry that over? I cannot wait to sit down and watch this game and also give you the post-game podcast. This podcast is the only Thunder podcast that happens every single day, and the support for this show has just been phenomenal since May. I really appreciate everyone uh, who has listened to the show and allowed me to make this 
a, a career, a job uh, to do. It's it's just been phenomenal to, to see the listener numbers continue and continue and continue to grow uh, and move up the charts and things like that. So I appreciate everyone listening. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We'll be back again tomorrow for the postgame pod and to see where the Thunder stand after game four. Let me know your predictions on Twitter and be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.